that's pretty much what it, what it comes down to. I, I, people always are like, your nutrition's like 80%, your workout's like 20%, but it's, it's really like, actually like 95% behavioral change and like the rest 5% is your nutrition and your, your workouts. It's like- I love that. You're mm-hmm. not going to <laughs> change your nutrition or your fitness until you recognize what you need to change and what stage of change you're in, right? Sometimes people jump into the goal of weight loss, but like, you're not fucking there yet, right? Like you might want this, but you're not ready for the actual action part of it. So like we said, you have to focus on all aspects of health and you can't just approach it from one direction because that might not be the actual solution that you need to get to your end goal. Welcome to Tater Talks, Two Bitches Talk Fitness. I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. To be perfectly honest, Ryan, Brooke knows this. Mm -hmm. I... I'm having a very hard time carrying about health and fitness right now. (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) Everything going on, I just, Mm -hmm. I just can't. I feel like nothing matters. That's funny. I can relate to that because that's definitely when I went to the inner circle retreat, I think the very first one, were you at the last one? You guys at the last one? I was was at the last one, but not the one before 2019. Okay. You, then you probably, I, I think this happened to it, the, the last one, but like everybody sort of at the end of it really was vulnerable and kind of shared like things on their mind, right? So same thing happened in the very first one. So the very first one, I <laughs> I felt like very compelled to to share like that. I didn't give a fuck about nutrition and fitness because <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I was like, listen, like at this point in my life, I fucking get it. You got to have some sort of balance. You have to hit your nutrition. You have to hit your workouts. I fucking get it. Cool. But what matters most to me is these little moments, like making sure I'm awake in each moment. And it was the first time I really shared with anybody that like I struggle with anxiety, depression, all that stuff. So it was literally me saying like, uh, you guys all just grieve how like nutrition's hard for you. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's all just like, but at the same time I do. And also that I very much value how there's more to life than just fitness and nutrition. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, mm-hmm. you only get to that point when you understand fitness and nutrition. Right. And you're able to compartmentalize and say like, this is such a small insignificant part of life. And once you're able to master this or have a good understanding of it, then you can really focus on everything else that really matters to you and how that impacts everything. So when you say like, you don't give a fuck, like I get it. (laughs) That's my mentality too, but it's only because we've spent a lot, so much time focused on it that we're able to say, okay, what else can I focus on that will help bring me joy or that is interesting to me, right? So I hear you, (laughs) I get it. It's conflicting too, because as a coach- yeah. These things are very important to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like still, mm-hmm. like I have goals. They're important to me. But at the same time, it's that balance you were talking about. It's like, how important is it really? Mm-hmm. It can't take up so much space that you're not living life, not 
paying attention and finding those little moments Mm -hmm. and appreciating where you are. Like so many people spend so much time putting off their happiness until they get to X, Y, Z, which never really comes, Mm -hmm. I don't think. And not trying to invalidate anybody's goals because they are important and they, they can teach you so much about yourself and about the world and about life. But at the same time, it's like they're, <laughs> it's it's kind of like a Kim, there are people dying moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's just on my mind. Yeah. Right well, now. <laughs> that should be in the podcast because w- what you just said was fucking awesome. So <laughs> what I think would be great is what if we talked about when you just don't give a fuck? Mm. I like it. Cool. All wow. things. <laughs> it's amazing what Adderall can do for your ADHD. Let me tell you. I took it today and I'm like, let's wow. go. I'm You're in it. Re- let's fucking go. You're in it. ADHD. Well, because I also, Ryan, struggle with anxiety and depression. So yeah. like I I have allergy med- or allergy medications. <laughs> anxiety medications Mm -hmm. that like I have like PRNs for where it's like in the grocery store, I can't make a decision. And then it's like, oh my God, (laughs) am I going to die if I buy the name brand? Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to financially go under if I spend a few more cents. Absolutely. I think that'll be cool. Yeah, we could do that. And we can definitely talk about ADHD too. And like all struck, like Whatever the fuck we want to talk about. I'm Hell yeah. That. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's go. That'll be fun. Let's just roll with it. Let's yeah. Go. Perfect. Dope. <laughs> Iris, but, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. Well, we've been talking for a few minutes before this, but Ryan Kasim, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Welcome. <laughs> uh, you want to give us like the elevator pitch of who Ryan Kasim is for those who may not know? I sure will. It's it's funny, like when you get asked this question, because I'm sure you you both feel the same way. You're just like, I don't know where the fuck to start. And also, like, it's an ever changing pitch, too. So it's just like, <laughs> right. Yeah. How do, and how do you sum up like what you do or your life <laughs> in like 30 seconds? But uh, I guess for like name brand purposes, like I am a health coach, personal trainer, mama's boy. I've been a coach for like 10 plus years. And uh, I think my journey kind of is reflected on, I started really coaching people on like fitness and nutrition, but when my own mental health took a dive, then it really opened my eyes to, I need to do more from a coaching perspective, from like a behavioral change perspective and a psychological perspective in order for people to come around to the fitness and nutrition perspective. So I would say my coaching is summed up as that perfect Reese's peanut butter cup bite where, hey, it's fucking delicious, but you're also you're also going to get the most out of it where it's sustainable. And uh, I don't know how that's a peanut butter cup, but it's (laughs) but (laughs) I get it. It's my favorite candy. So I get it ever. But this is me just saying I like to think I coach differently from other people because I focus more on more than just physical, but more for on mental, emotional, and how those two things can, when we focus on inside out, how that completely reflects on your external. And then that's how you really, you create those sustainable results. So yeah, I'm a fucking trainer and a health coach and mama's boy. That's pretty much it. Should stop there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We say all the time, you know, you can do whatever you want to your outsides, but unless you're also doing stuff to your insides, none of it's going to matter. None of it's going to last. 
None of it's going to actually be fulfilling. Mm-hmm. It just, it can't be. It's going to be temporary and fleeting. Absolutely. I also have four yeah. different drinks on my desk. I know Brooke has a lot too. I got, I got, <laughs> so if you see me if you use this video, clips, <laughs> I am cycling between four drinks. That is correct. <laughs> you're, you're one drink more than me because I have like this little uh, probiotic refresher sparkly thing that looked delicious. I have a Coke Zero and of course my water. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to dive into whatever we dive into today. So what do you do when you don't give a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you just don't care, when the world is imploding and nothing seems important <laughs> and what's even the point? <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good question. You know, what do you do when you don't give a fuck? I think you also have to, I think whenever I hear someone say, I don't give a fuck, I don't necessarily believe them, right? Because it's just like, you clearly do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be saying you don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's like, you <laughs> right. can't. Yeah. You can't. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important, like when, when you say like, oh, you don't give a fuck about something. And I know we were relating to, we were talking previously about how we can relate to fitness and all that stuff too. But like, I always look at, okay, what do you give a fuck about? Because that tells me more about what you don't give a fuck about. Right. And I think we're people on, and we can talk about this too, but I think if you're somebody who you feel like, if you're at that point where you're like, you don't give a fuck or like, you feel like, why why bother i think it's in moments like that it's really important to focus on well what what do you want to bother about like what do you care about in this moment because it's clear that your focus is elsewhere right and that's okay and like you need to just acknowledge that and it's something where and i, I think oftentimes i know we talked about anxiety a little bit too I find that when I have anxiety, it's because I'm trying to focus on something else, but internally I'm focusing on something else, right? Which is two completely contradicting things. It's like, oh, well, I'm trying to get this work done, but inside I had a fight with my dad or like, this is bothering me, right? Or, so it's like, until you acknowledge what's bothering you inside that you give a fuck about, then you really can't say, I don't give a fuck about this or I give a fuck about this. It's a matter of like where you just want to place your focus in those moments that I've found. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true. And I definitely agree because I think that people really focus on what's out of their control a lot of the time. For example, the scale. We can't control what the scale does. We can't control other things in life that just happen. Like the only thing we can control is our reaction to how we deal with that stuff. And a lot of times when people are pushing it down and finding coping mechanisms that necessarily aren't beneficial, especially towards your goals, such as like body fat loss, things like that. When people feel out of control, a lot of the time it's on situations they can't control. So finding what you can control and focusing on how you can improve that. And sometimes that means really big decisions. But I think that that's super important because the mental health part when it comes to fitness is probably more important than the actual fucking workouts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is so true because it's, and it's, it's obviously, I think, I think anything we say is easier said than done, right? It's just, no, like, absolutely. Really <laughs> so absolutely. Just focus on what you can control, Susie. Come on, like get it together. <laughs> like, it's just like, okay, motherfucker. It's like, <laughs> but it's, it is true though. And that, it in itself controlling what you can is a skill to build, right? Like that is a practice skill because 
just like we've had, it's so easy to spiral out when you feel like something's out of your control or something didn't go the way you planned it. But it is true. That's why it's so important to say, okay, like something I've been doing lately when I've noticed my thoughts are starting to spiral out. Like I literally just put like my hand on my heart and I'm going to go like, be here with me, like be here with me. So it's just like a little cue that I like to do where it's just kind of grounds me in that moment. I love so that, that. you can, just, while your thoughts are spiraling out, you can sort of realign yourself in that present moment and be like, be here with me. What do I want to accomplish right now? What can I control right now? And focus on that. Because anytime I think when something feels out of our control or, or like we said, something the, 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 I don't give a fuck start popping up right all over the place. It's because your mind is either in the past or in the future. Right. And those are two things completely out of our fucking control. Right. And when we're able to sort of reground ourselves in that moment and be like, okay, what can I do right now in this present moment that is going to either take me out of this spiral or help me get to this goal today? Or like you said, something's wrong with the kids or you missed your workout or anything like that. It's like, well, what can I do today? Right. Is it, is, is it me going for that 10 minute walk? Is it me parking farther in the school parking lot? So I get more steps in today. Right. It's, it's sort of, being able to ground yourself in the moment helps you from spiraling out of like these out of control feelings, right? So that's something that's helped me a ton. I really like that you kind of ground yourself when you're in those moments. Cause I think sometimes people forget you're talking about the past and the present and people are the past and the future mm-hmm. when we really can just stop, take a breath, let us know that we're safe and that we're okay and really focus on that present moment because I love the way that you described that. We focus on the past and the future. So many of us are so focused on the future, especially like training clients where they're, they have a long-term goal that they're really wanting to reach, but they're forgetting about the present. So it's almost like they're forgetting about the entire process up until then and how we can make the process enjoyable. But if you're at that, I don't give a fuck stage, I almost feel like people actually give more of a fuck than they think they do. Yeah. And that's exactly right. Cause it is like, like I said, if you don't, if you, if you're at that, I don't give a fuck stage, it means at one point in time you did give a fuck. Right. And it was very, it was a very important fuck, right. That you were given. And that's why it is important because like, like we were just, we've been talking about, it's like, if you're, if you're discouraged, it's because of a way in that happened 10 minutes ago or yesterday or anything like that. If you're discouraged because you're not at your goal that you set, long term and you're not there yet, right? It, it it brings on those feelings, right? So, and then like I said, all these things are easier said than done, right? And there's been plenty of times, even myself or with clients, it's like it's hard, it's harder to ground yourselves in those moments. Right. And 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 that's really where we get to the point where it's like, yeah, well that's and that's okay. Right. Like, hey, yesterday I was much better at grounding myself. Right. Today I fucking suck. Right. Like I'm all <laughs> over the place. I'm a goddamn mess. Like I'm waiting in line at the Costco gas line and all I can think about is what happened yesterday or this like it happens, right? Like it happens. And I think as soon as you and my therapist helped me with this a lot, but as soon as you can sort of feel comfortable more with the thoughts that it's not always going to be perfect and, and like anxiety is okay, then it doesn't last as long, right? And that helped me a ton with like anxiety attacks and all these other things too, is 
you need to let these thoughts sort of sit with you instead of just saying like, no, like I can't, this is not good. Or like you, you label it as bad thoughts or anything like that. And as soon as you start being able to sit with them more and like saying like, Hey, it's okay that I feel this way right now, then it, it, it becomes okay. Right. It becomes okay. And it be kind of, you find peace a little quicker as opposed to, to fighting that shit off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're reassuring yourself. It's the same with feeling quote unquote fluffy mm-hmm. and yeah. immediately having that feeling and thinking you have to completely overhaul your life and fix it right now instead of just existing for a second and saying, yes, I feel this way. Maybe I am a little fluffy. Maybe I'm not. Maybe it's just mind games and that's okay. And knowing that that can happen too makes it so much less of a catastrophe when it does happen. And knowing that life's not going to be perfect, you're going to fuck some things up. There are plenty of things outside of your control. Knowing that and kind of keeping that in your mind a little bit just all the time, I think makes it less of a catastrophe when that does happen. And I say this, (laughs) as I told you, Ryan, before this, as a complete stress ball right now. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking about the current war that's going on halfway across the world that I have friends over there and friends with family over there and friends over there. And it's, it's not anything that I can do anything about besides literally thoughts and prayers, which seems so stupid. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is part of, part of the, you know, I just don't care about Mm -hmm. health and fitness right now. Mm -hmm. There are so many more things that are so much more important right Mm -hmm. now. But even then, going back to the things that I can control and grounding myself in that, I think about the reel that Jordan, Jordan Syed put out the other day, who's been very vocal about the goings on over there. And he's Jewish openly and proudly. And he's got family and friends over there. And he's talking about like, there's nothing he can do. But what he can do is continue to try to show up and be the best husband and father and person he can be. And that's where it's at, really, (laughs) whether or not you ever reach your fitness goals, is just showing up consistently, trying to be 1% better, whatever that means for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I get it too. My background is I'm half Palestinian, like my dad and family all from over there. And, And it does, I think moments like that in the world does ground you, right? Because I think so much we can hyper focus on, on fitness, nutrition, right? You can just get so hyper focused on it. And then things like this in life kind of happen that sort of jolts you up. You're like, yeah, it's not just about me or like what this is. Right. And then at the same time, it's like, we go back to what we just talked about. It's like, yeah. And, but you know, what I can control is how I'm interacting with the barista today. Did I leave them feeling in a better place? Or like, did I give myself some grace or like some time to sit with my thoughts today? Because now this helps my partner, right? Because I am not this stress ball of emotion right now because I allowed myself to process everything. And now I'm able to show up for maybe my partner who had a tough day or anything like that. So it's, again, like when moments like this happen in the world, it's like, yes, it's, it's, it kind of recalibrates you to be like, Oh fuck. It's not just me living on this spinning rock. There's more important things in the world going on. And also at the same time, it kind of regrounds you to be like, Hey, like I need to control what I can too, because 
I, what I can control is, is myself and how I can impact others around me and maybe provide someone else with a better day. Right. Too. And, and that's kind of just what it is. Right. And, and all of it's okay. Right. All of it just is what it is. But I think when you're able to sort of, again, I think it all starts to, especially for what you're feeling, Iris, is it all starts with you just giving yourself some time to just like sit with it today. Especially, I know that too. Like, I'm a much better coach for my clients when <laughs> I'm not a fucking stress ball of anxiety or dealing with relationship issues or anything like that. Like, I'm a much better coach when I allow myself to sit with my thoughts, even if it's for three to five minutes, let my whatever happens, I cry, I get angry, like, whatever it is. It's like, you just got to allow yourself to like, and this for anybody else out there too, you got to sit with your shit because otherwise it bubbles, it bubbles, bubble, bubble, toy on trouble, right? Hocus pocus season. But like, you just got to sit with it. Otherwise it just like we talked about inside out, how that helps with, with your fitness nutrition. Like this helps with everything you do too, how you show up anywhere. So you just got to sit with your shit and that's just going to allow you to move forward in a, in a better way. Yeah. If you don't sit in the discomfort and you're constantly running away from what you're actually feeling, you're never going to actually see true progress. It's once you sit in that discomfort and you allow yourself to like not analyze your emotions, but feel your emotions. I think a lot of people have the tendency to intellectualize their emotions, especially if they're a self-aware individual. So really feeling that can be helpful. And my therapist said those are more her words, but I recently this year became single after being in a seven-year relationship and a four-year engagement. And it was one of those where I'm like, I don't like being alone in the very beginning. It's like, I don't like being alone. Yeah. I felt like I couldn't sit in that discomfort, like it was going to eat you alive. But the one thing that my therapist said, which was a little bit blunt, but true was, but it's not going to kill you. It's yeah. not going to kill you to sit in that discomfort because once you actually sit in the discomfort and you allow yourself to feel what you feel, then you can make a logical decision after you felt the, those emotions. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that hard because I, I this year I've been through breakups in relationships, all that in and out. And that's something I've definitely placed more focus on too with myself is being comfortable being alone when you are and you're feeling all these things. It's so easy to distract yourself or to avoid these feelings, right? If you're scrolling through social media, like dating apps, all these like literally other people, right? That's why like it it is important to sit with your shit. And it's, but it's again, we're saying all this stuff. Sometimes there's days where I go, Super don't want to fucking hard. know what's going on in my head. Like, <laughs> nope, not today. <laughs> Fuck that, right? Like, but, but when I do, right? I was telling Iris before this, like I meditated for like five minutes outside. I was just like, like needed that needed to just like hear the wind, like hear birds chirping and let my thoughts sort of work themselves out. And it's just allowing me to show up better for this podcast. Right. Cause otherwise maybe I would have been a stress bundle of joy. Right. Or a <laughs> bundle of shit. And uh, <laughs> that's even more important. Like if we relate it back to fitness, nutrition, all that stuff too, it's doing this will help you make better food decisions right? It's going to help you be able to different and something I work on my clients a ton, being able to differentiate between hunger cues and emotional cues, right? Mm -hmm. Because instead of just sort of reacting throughout the day, because you've sat with your thoughts more, you're much more likely to make better food decisions because you said, oh shit, I'm not hungry at all. This is actually just stress that's been built up from 
three months of work that I put off till now, right? Or because my dog took a shit on my carpet yesterday and I was very angry and that angry anger still carried over today or anything like that. It's like being able to sit with your emotions makes you helps you make better decisions, especially when it comes to your nutrition, your fitness, so that it doesn't come from an emotional action. It comes from a peaceful place that helps you move forward. Yeah. yeah. My client, Anne, um, I'm giving her a shout out because I'm pretty sure she listens to this podcast. So Anne, <laughs> what's up? What's up, Anne? And she actually, what what she calls it is head hunger. So in her check-ins, she's like, I have to really pay attention to whether I'm actually hungry or if I have head hunger. So mm, that I was like that. such, I like that because it's like, oh, you're hungry because you're in your head, which means you're not actually hungry. What do we have to do to get to the bottom of it? And usually she'll send me a Marco Polo or she'll do, she'll do something, but she's in the very beginning of us working together. It was really challenging for her. But now when she feels those emotions, she uses me as her accountability. She'll reach out when she needs to like, and I think it's so important to have that and to have like those people in your life that are supportive and that want to see you at your, at the best version of you. And so creating that, those, those relationships with people where you can be like, listen, I'm having a lot of head hunger right now and I don't want to eat that. I need to talk this out. Like I'm personally a verbal processor. So for me, it's a lot easier to talk things out than it is to like journal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I do journal though. <laughs> yeah. And kudos to Anne and anybody else who's doing that, but because it's, you're creating awareness, right? Yeah. And that's, I think that's the thing most people skip when it comes to whether it's emotional eating or anything is you're skipping over the awareness factor of, of understanding everything about yourself. And you really can't, people are always looking for calories and macros before they have an idea of who the fuck they are. Right. Right. And you can't give yourself the solution until you understand the problem. Right. And, and the problem could very much be that, yeah, I binge eat because I fucking hate my job or I binge eat because I'm not dealing with my emotions well. Right. Or they don't, or they don't even have any stress management plans in place, but they're trying to figure out how many days a week they should work out. It's things like that where I really, you really have to pull back, right? Zoom out and say, what do I really need to focus on? Who am I? Who am I trying to be? What does the person that I'm trying to be do? What are their actions? And and what are the actions I'm doing now that I need to replace with those habits, right? And again, instead of figuring out what supplement you should be taking or what protein powder you should be taking. Most of the 99% of the time it's, it's, Hey, who am I? Who am I trying to become? What do I struggle with? Why do I struggle with it? Right. That's why is like the biggest reason. And then once you kind of get down to that knit and gritty, then you can say, okay, this is why I struggle with it. This is what I need to do to move forward. How long is this going to take real long fucking time? Cool. Okay. How can I break this down into short-term attainable goals? And what actions can I do in the short-term that's going to help me retain this, retain these habits for the long-term, right? And that's sort of how you can get out of your own way in the best kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, who am I is such a powerful question because I don't think half the time people know who they are outside of I need to lose this weight or I need to achieve XYZ. And while 
the skills and habits that you build while working for those things can become a very important part of who you are and like build a lot of character. There is more to you than that. And who am I leaving room for, but I can change it. It's the, well, I'm just this. I'm the, my favorite one is, well, I'm just a perfectionist. I'm just a perfectionist, which is a final statement. If you are just a perfectionist, then good fucking luck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm just an all or nothing person. Well, if that's just who you are, then good luck. Instead of like, I'm a person who struggles with this and wants to work on this. And like you said, who I want to be does these things. And this is what I can start doing to practice that. It's such an important series of questions to ask. It is. And I think people really get caught up in like singular identities too, right? Mm -hmm. I think even saying like, I'm a mom or I'm a personal, like this is when you're like, what's your elevator pitch? I was like, I don't fucking know because (laughs) I really, I don't like to identify as like just one thing, even though I know like, oh, he's a health coach. Like, cool. This is what this podcast is about. It's like your identity or how you identify yourself. You have to just realize it's it's multiple things at once right like we all we all are kind of aiming for like split personality shit right like it's because as soon as you and it's always shifting yeah it's always shifting right and as soon as you identify as one thing right you you corner yourself as soon as things change life change that's when people get a lot of identity crisis right because it's just like wait no i'm supposed to be this person who always struggle with the diet or always do this. And like, that's why homeostasis feels really comfortable when I binge eat, right? Or homeostasis feels really comfortable when I just doing personal training or whatever it might be, right? So you have to, like you said, give yourself that space to be open to what you can become and and knowing you can become many different things, right? And, and that's why we always say as coaches, like words are very powerful because mm-hmm. if you self-identify mm-hmm. as the overeater or the stress eater, then you're not leaving yourself room to be the person who, hey, much better relationship with food eater. I am a strong motherfucker or I am a a mom who is multifaceted, who could do many different things and also identify as uh, a, a strong person or anything like that. You, you need to leave the door open for many things. Otherwise, like you said, that door remains shut the whole time and it's a lot harder to knock down a fucking door that's closed. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Awkward I'm silences. Like, awkward silence. <laughs> it happens it. once an episode. <laughs> I, <love it>. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I want to let me live in that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, but I really like that you brought that up, Iris, because I hear that all the time with coaching clients. Well, I'm a perfectionist. It's like, yeah, but you can also change that. It's really imperative to learn how to balance how to balance your fitness, your nutrition. And one of the best ways to do that, balancing your fitness and nutrition is to also make sure that you're mentally balanced as well. You know, making sure that you are taking care of yourself. And this is to all my moms out there who can relate. A shower or a trip to the grocery store without your kids is not fucking self-care. They're basic necessities. So when I say self-care, I'm meaning doing something that's going to fill your love cup. I call it your love cup. And you have to pour into yourself first before you pour into other people. So if you're trying to reach health and fitness goals, but 
you're mentally just in a really dark space or you're really anxious or whatever it may be, if you're struggling in any way mentally, that is going to have a massive impact on your health and fitness because there's a balance there that people need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and shout out to the, the super moms out there. And then also to go back to like the perfectionist thing, I think we all know by now, like perfectionist is just an excuse, right? Like it's uh, yeah. like whenever I hear someone say that, I say, I'm like, no, you're just someone who gives up as soon as something doesn't go in your way. Oh, yeah. That's not perfectionist. If, if you were a perfectionist, you'd be good, right? Because you would not give up until that shit gets done. That's that's perfectionism. Like Kobe Bryant or like Michael Jordan or like people who are at like the highest, highest levels of their craft. Those are perfectionists. Okay. Right. Because those are people who put in the work, the work, they no failure and they keep going, they keep going. That's a perfectionist. People who say they're a perfectionist, you just give up as soon as something gets hard. Right. It's like, oh, this didn't go my way. Fuck it. I'm done. That's not perfectionism. You're just, you're, you're soft. You're like, you're, you're, you're not resilient. You're fucking soft. You're soft, kid. (laughs) Like you're soft. Like my little East Coast accent that came out there, but like, get it together. But yeah, like you're, you're allowing something that doesn't go in your way to give, to validate you to give up. Right. Which is like inner thoughts that again, we're going back to inner thoughts. Like your inner thoughts are already telling you, Hey, you can give up at any time. As soon as something goes wrong, you're like, yep, this is all I need to know. Not for me, blah, blah, blah. Even though I want this, not for me. That's not perfectionism. Right. You're just somebody who hasn't developed the skills to keep going, to become resilient. And you're not comfortable being uncomfortable and you're not comfortable knowing that this is this the journey, right? And your expectations are are off because guess what? This is a, a very much part of what you want is going through these ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see that a lot with people where it's the perfectionism that they're dealing with. They you like Ryan was saying, they use it as an excuse. They use it as a way to identify themselves and validate the reason why they're giving up. But it's almost like they use it to validate why they're giving up. And it's like, you're doing yourself such a massive disservice because not only are you using it to justify why you're quitting, but also you're justifying self-sabotage because that's essentially what it is, is you're sabotaging yourself and your goals by saying, oh, I'm a perfectionist. Or let's say you're a perfectionist and you do really good Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You have like, let's say someone brings donuts to work. You have one one donut and you're like, fuck it. You know what? I've ruined everything. I'm going to eat like shit the rest of the week and I'll start over on Monday. Like that is something that I see so much with perfectionist. And I'm not even going to say I see so much. That's shit that I used to do in the past before I became a coach. You can't bullshit bullshitter. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's because you're used to eating your own bullshit for so long, right? You're used to, you're used to excuses being the reason why you choose to give up so easily. Right. And it's, and again, all this is, it's easier said than done and, and it is a skill and it does take time, but it's also, like we said, it goes back to awareness. Like you got to call yourself out for your own bullshit. You say you're a perfectionist or you say, you know, all these things. It's just like, but are you, are you really, or are you the person who for years has demonstrated that as soon as something gets hard, that's when you stop, right? Or are you the person who, because you've been dieting for so long, there's people like this too, because you've been dieting so long, even when you lose the weight, you self-sabotage because you feel more at ease when you're trying to lose weight, right? So there's people like that too. You've you've chronic dieters who they yo-yo on purpose, whether they realize it or not, because they feel the most 
at ease when they're trying to lose weight or this is their goal. So like you said, like we said, it all comes down to sitting with yourself and, and, and asking yourself the hard questions to really understand who you are and the choices you have to make to understand like, why, why am I self-sabotaging when I eat this donut? Right. Is it because that I view this food as good or bad, right? Like, are you someone who demonizes food? Is it because your mom always said you were like shamed you when you had a donut? And now this is like some sort of shame thing that you have going on. And that's why you self-sabotage. You have to look at, at these things at a deeper level because most of the time it stems from something way back or it stems from something that you had no idea about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And me and shouting out Anna again, me and her, like we, we, we've talked, you know, and it's like what people don't always understand is they want to lose weight. And most people, if it were possible, would lose weight as quickly as they can. And the thing that I have to tell people when they're starting to get impatient is number one, put your fucking patience pants on because this shit takes time. You didn't develop these habits, you know, last week. You developed these habits that have been ingrained in you for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. These are habits that you have built and understanding the mental health portion of it, of understanding how to take a step back and say, okay, this is, these are a lot of things over a long period of time that I've had to deal with. And now I'm trying to confront them. So I need to understand that this is going to take that time and making sure that you're dealing with, you know, your mental health properly, making sure you're dealing with your nutrition because nutrition also can have a big impact on how we physically feel. So understanding that like it's that fitness and health is multifaceted and multifactorial is so important and realizing that there's a lot of psychology behind it and behavior change is also really necessary. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's pretty much what it, what it comes down to. I, I, people always are like, your nutrition's like 80%, your workout's like 20%, but it's, it's really like, it's actually like 95% behavioral change and like the rest 5% is your nutrition and your, your workouts. It's like- I love that. You're mm-hmm. not going to <laughs> change your nutrition or your fitness until you recognize what you need to change and what stage of change you're in, right? Sometimes people jump into the goal of weight loss, but like, you're not fucking there yet, right? Like you might want this, but you're not ready for the actual action part of it. So like we said, you have to focus on all aspects of health and you can't just approach it from one direction because that might not be the actual solution that you need to get to your end goal. Mm -hmm. I agree 100%. We were talking about controlling what we can control. And I think some people can take that too far too, right? Because we try to control things that we can't reasonably control Mm -hmm. or control too many things. And what you said about people want fat loss immediately and always, and that is not always something that they should be trying to control, right? There's a difference between health habits and weight loss habits. And you can do both at the same time. You can do health habits without actually being in a calorie deficit. And a lot of people would be better off doing that first. And letting go of the the control over the scale or whatever, just for a time until they establish a foundation first and ask themselves some of those hard questions. Who am I? Who do I want to be? What kind of things does the person I want to be do? And start doing those things. That's true. Yeah. 
there's been tons of cases where I've had clients who be like, I want to lose weight. And then we go over their history of everything and why they self-sabotage. I'm like, you're not, we're not doing that right now. Right? We're not, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because as, as a coach, you have to, you have to be like, Hey, the reason you've self-sabotaged is because you focus so much on weight loss, but you haven't focused on your basic foundations or your, your basic needs or your basic mental health needs, right? You need to focus on these foundational things because once you do, weight loss is going to become a lot more simpler, right? It, it's going to feel simple. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to feel more simple than it has in the past when you try to do it because now you've addressed a lot of these issues that were causing you to self-sabotage or anything like that. So like if you're somebody who sort of relates to that, then I would very much encourage you like go into like, don't try to lose weight yet. Like go into like, you could, you could either have a health habit first approach, right? Where you're focusing on sleep habits, you're focusing on just more nutrient dense foods in your, in your diet. Maybe it's, if you're someone who's only eating clean, like maybe it's focusing on more moderation throughout the week, having like a Reese's peanut butter cup spread out like throughout the day or something like that. Focusing on getting to the gym or focusing on going for that walk. Those are great core foundational health habits that you're going to do regardless whether you're trying to lose weight or not. Right. And when you have those foundations, then those, those habits easily, easily transition to weight loss. Right. And now you can see how these, these tools that you've developed for your health can assist you in the process of now trying to lose the weight that you have been for years. So absolutely. Again, it all falls back to awareness and what you need to change, how you need to change it. And also understanding, like, I need to take a step back from this goal that I thought I've always wanted, but I actually need to focus more on my health, my mental health and my behaviors. Mm -hmm. Which will then make that goal eventually much more achievable mm -hmm. and much more realistic. Maybe, maybe there's some adjustment that needs to happen. Sure. There, but absolutely. And there's all, there always is. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to sprinkle in there. Like if you're a person listening right now and you are struggling with your mental health and you don't know how to cope with real stress that you're going through and you know that your coping mechanisms are also meth methods that are leading to self-sabotage, it is 110 fucking percent okay to see a therapist. Like that is so important to me because I was that person. Like I was that quote unquote perfectionist. I was the person that had that all or all or nothing mindset. And what I learned is it had nothing to do with the food. It had nothing to do with the food. It had nothing to do with the fitness. It had nothing to do with other faucets of health. What it was, was I wasn't dealing with the shit internally that was tearing me down. Like once I realized, okay, I'm trying to do this. I'm self-sabotaging and I don't know what to do. A lot of what goes on in your feels is subconscious too. Like it lives with us. Like all of these feelings live with us and they, they come to the surface when we are trying to change. And so I think it is so important if you're listening to this and you're, you're like, yeah, this is, this makes sense. Like I'm a perfectionist. I'm all or nothing. Have no shame in seeing a therapist. I see a therapist. Um, I Ryan, see a I believe therapist. he's seen a therapist. It's like <laughs> we all see a therapist and that's what they're there for. They're there because our minds are very complex and we try really, really hard to cover those feelings that we're dealing with. Like we try to, we try to sweep them under the rug and a therapist will pull them out. And once you start understanding like your thoughts and feelings and how they correlate and how they lead to the decisions that you make and the actions that you take, 
that is going to get you so much farther on your health and fitness journey than it is to just say, fuck it and give up and then start again on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then that's, that's something where, uh, you're probably very good at hiding your feelings, right? Like people are, people are very good at masking feelings, right? Where it's like, oh, yeah. I used to do the same <laughs> thing. Like people, I think when I, st- I started going to therapy again in 2018 and I just remember telling my clients like, oh, after this, like, you know, we got to wrap it up a little bit. I got to go run the therapy. And they're like, what's wrong with you? And I'm just like, I don't know yet. Or like, it's more like, it's more like nothing's wrong. It's just that I'm finally, you know, I finally got to the point where I was like, I need help because the fact that you said what's wrong with me and you couldn't tell is the fact that I'm able to laugh off all your shit. And at the end of the day, I'm still struggling, right? I'm able to put on a face and all these things. So yeah, that's why anytime I have a therapy appointment, I always like to post about it on my story or social media because yeah, I don't want you to feel like you have to have something wrong for you to just start talking to somebody, you know, and I don't like that there is that stereotype too. And so that's why whenever, like I said, whenever I have a therapy appointment, I'm I'm talking about it and I'm calling myself out because there is still a part of me where it's like, ooh, do you want people to know like you're talking to therapists? Like, yeah, of course I do. And I would, I would love that for everybody. But also, I've also realized too that everybody has their own journey and everybody has, there's not one way to deal with your shit. For me, ther- it was therapy. Therapy was like the biggest thing, but also it's what you, it's what you do after therapy that makes the biggest impact. Because obviously you could talk your shit during therapy, but if your actions don't reflect everything, then you're just, you're going through the same wheel. So therapy helps. And then there's a lot of other modalities you can use too. But yeah, just if you do need to talk to someone, therapy is a great place to start. 100%. I say there are no bonus points for trying to do it by yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because if you're doing it by yourself and you're trying to talk yourself out of things or you making up excuses. It's one of those situations where it's you're overcomplicating things more than they need to be. Mm-hmm. It helps to have somebody whose job it is to analyze your thoughts and give you a non-biased analysis, right? It's just mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh. And call you out too. Yeah, call you I, out. I forget what I was whining about one time in therapy, but my therapist was just like, that was the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> <laughs> and for a second, I was like, what the hell? And then, <laughs> and then, but I thought about it and it was true. She just pulled me out of my head and made me think about what I was saying. And it actually was was the stupidest fucking thing. So, yeah, you, I mean, coaches do that, too, to some extent. Right. Yeah. We call you out with love. Absolutely. Yeah. Do that shit oh, yeah. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Always, you know, yeah. And yeah. that's one of the great parts of having a coach. Like I have a coach. It's really nice to be able to bounce ideas off. And not only that, but mm-hmm. like your coach is going to hold you accountable. And after some time, you're going to be able to hold yourself accountable. Like shout out to my client, Caroline, because she is number one. She's amazing, amazing human being. But she got to the point where she's like, you know what? I didn't do this today. I'm calling myself out. I did have time to finish this, but things got in the way. And she doesn't let that ruin the rest of her day. She doesn't let that get in the way of saying, fuck it, I'm going to give up. It's you honor it, you acknowledge it and you move on. And I think that's something where once you learn how to feel and process your emotions properly, it's a lot easier to make a logical decision on what you can control next to make sure you're continuing to go in the direction of your goals. Mm -hmm. 1,000%. That's a mic drop. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) Oh, Caroline. Sweet Caroline. (laughs) 
ba, ba, ba. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, Ryan, this has been great. This conversation's helped me too. Just going to say it. Good. Same, same. I love that. Tell the good people where they can find you, follow you. Yeah. So you can find me at Body Brian Fitness on Instagram, at Ryan Castle on TikTok. My website's bodybrian.com. And I have my own podcast called These Little Moments Podcast, pretty much because it's just, like I said, reflection of my life, understanding that I want to be more present for the little moments in life and how they're, those really matter. And especially when, you know, kind of what we talked about when the world feels very, you know, scary or daunting or anything like that. It's, you kind of can always fall back onto the little moments that bring you at peace or make you realize how far you've come in, in these moments. So yeah, you can find me there, but I'm glad that you're feeling better. I think that's a good thing. I think, again, it's a sign of growth and progress and yeah. And just like allowing yourself to feel, I think that's like, you could have very easily put on a face for the podcast today and just been like, yeah, <laughs> fitness and shit. But it's like, yeah, I always respect people who allow themselves to feel and don't sugarcoat anything and all that. So kudos to you today for showing up true self and allowing and speaking your truth and all that. And yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you the best. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice. <laughs>